And I'm back with Nevada Public Radio. I'm Joe Shaneman. It's State of Nevada. Nevadans have different reasons for how they'll vote or won't vote in the fall presidential election. There's inflation. There is the issue of the preservation of democracy now, preservation of NATO, and the war in Israel, just to name a few. But one issue keeps coming up in the polls as a big concern for everyone, especially Republicans. That's immigration. And here are a handful of voters we spoke to about that last week. So let me ask you now, when you're casting your ballot this fall, what are going to be the top issues for you? What are you thinking about right now? Well, the economy, the border. Economic, the border, border. and 100%. Those are the two biggest things right there. Securing our borders, I don't know what that looks like, but having a process for people to come in, and I absolutely believe that there should be an easy pass to, to citizenship in the country, uh, but I also don't think it should be a free-for-all, right? Immigration taking care of the people that are here. We need to stop letting millions of people in over our border. I want to be safe in my country. I don't want to, you know, we're sending all this money to protect everybody else's border, but our border is chaos. And that was Robert Martinez, Shannon Crabtree, Stephanie Laurie, Lenny Lurg, and Diana Holden. So people want a solution to the southern border immigration issue. Politicians never seem to resolve it. It's not just frustrating. In Nevada and many states, changes in immigration policy can impact labor needs and tourism and construction. It can impact housing markets and social services and public services. Someone who's been at the forefront of this issue is Alan Burson. He's the former commissioner of U.S. Customs and Border Protection under President Barack Obama. He was also the assistant secretary for policy and chief diplomatic officer for the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, And he's one of the authors of a recent paper, Migration at the U.S.-Mexico Border, a challenge decades in the making, and that is from the Migration Policy Institute. Alan Burson, welcome to State of Nevada. Thank you for for having me. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, we are too. First, what do you make of the current situation on the southern border? Is Is it a crisis? It's a, a crisis in the sense that uh, that uh, people believe that it is, but uh, compared to uh, uh, where we have been, uh, it uh, it need not be. So when I, I say that is that uh, we have more people uh, currently coming into the uh, United States in an irregular fashion, you know, as indicated by the voters that you uh, you quoted at the outset of the show. And there's this sense that the processes are not orderly and that the rules are not being followed. And to that extent, uh, uh, there is a disorder and uh, a, a border that uh, is unsettled and uh, disturbing. Yes. To what extent isn't it a crisis? To the extent that uh, we've had this uh, constant flow of, uh, of people uh, into the United States for decades now. We are a destination country. Uh, we have a, uh, uh, a, a real need for uh, unskilled as well as skilled labor. And uh, for now, approximately a generation, for 30 years, we haven't had an immigration uh, uh, legal system that's uh, able to accommodate those needs so that people come in uh, in irregular ways, illegal ways in, in many instances. And to that extent, we have a... Uh, Rather than something that you might say is a crisis, we just have a continuing festering situation that uh, neither party, uh, acting alone uh, or uh, together, uh, have been able to uh, resolve. 
Yeah, and, and every four years uh, during this election cycle, it comes up, and many on the right now are criticizing the Biden administration, saying uh, it's an open border policy. Do, do you think that's a correct description? It's not uh, intended to be, although as it's been functioning, uh, the fact of the matter is that uh, uh, many people are being released into the country, but it goes back to a problem that really has plagued both the uh, uh, the Trump administration and the Biden administration, which is that the absence of uh, immigration reform, particularly uh, with regard to the asylum system, has put uh, the U.S. government in the position of being unable to actually deal with the uh, problem. Uh, as we show in the uh, history, the MPI, the Migration Policy Institute report, uh, actually from the Clinton years through the uh, Obama years and into the uh, Trump years, uh, there was a uh, bipartisan uh, re Republican Democratic agreement about what needed to be done at the border. And we actually spent uh, uh, hundreds of millions of uh, billions of dollars to uh, build a border infrastructure that was actually quite effective in dealing with the problem that had existed in the uh, 70, 70s, 80s, 90s, and uh, into the 21st century which was the problem of uh, migration, Ill, unlawful migration from Mexico. Mm -hmm. uh, what's happened actually in the last uh, seven or eight years is that the uh, problem has changed and that the system that we built and that had largely su succeeded in its objectives as a result of bipartisan uh, activity is now being overtaken by events because the demographics of people who are coming to the border uh, are completely different from what they were, and the inability of removing people to a neighboring country, namely Mexico, uh, has mm. led to the problems that we have uh, today. But it's a broken asylum system that uh, needs to be addressed by Congress, and the polarization in our politics today has prevented that from being addressed. And that's the core, I think, and fundamental problem we face at I think you answered this in what you just said, but I wonder if you could be a little bit more specific on how the changing demographics of the people coming to the country now or since about 2014 uh, are different. How the, how the differing people from, say, Central America and South America coming here now and uh, differing from those in Mexico in the decades before that, why that causes such an issue with immigration right now? So as uh, we... Uh we uh, saw the uh, situation with Mexican migrants. If you had an illegal, uh, unlawful uh, Mexican uh, individual who came into the country, uh, mm -hmm. he or she could be removed uh, fairly expeditiously across the border, placed into, uh, into the hands of Mexican authorities. And uh, that was the uh, infrastructure that existed in the processes and, and uh, uh, and laws that existed that permitted that to happen. In about 2014, and particularly in 2015-16, what we saw was a changing uh, nature of the migrants who were showing up at the border. Uh, first, we saw uh, thousands of uh, unaccompanied minors, children, showing up at the border. And under U.S. law at that time, and continuing today, and as it should be, there they're very uh, specific uh, regulations and rules about how to take care of children. Uh, but then in 2016, we started to see uh, smugglers encouraging uh, family groups to come because, mm -hmm. in fact, the rules uh, did not permit the uh, 
detention uh, of families for more than 21 days. And the processes of asylum uh, take much longer than that. So that we started to see uh, migrant flows that were not able to be handled by the system that was that in then in place. And, and the peculiar thing that we saw, Joe, was that the people uh, in, in, in typically today, and people, for example, the voters you spoke to, I think they have an image that uh, you have thousands of, uh, uh, of migrants trying to escape the border patrol to sneak into the country. Mm -hmm. And while that's true with a certain group, single adults, particularly from Mexico, most people today are actually not trying to avoid a border patrol agent. They're trying to find one so that they can start the asylum process. And the way the asylum process uh, functions is that you are subjected to a credible fear test. And if you're found to have a credible uh, fear prosecution, which is a low threshold is the way it's processed, you're permitted to come into the country and you're assigned a, uh, a docket space on an immigration court. But because the system is so broken and hasn't been addressed by Congress, there, there's a, a backlog in the immigration courts of uh, more than a million and a half cases. And as a result of that, nobody's getting their, their case resolved in, in fewer than three years. And in the interim, people are waiting in the country. That's not an acceptable way to, to uh, operate a, uh, a migration system or an immigration system or an asylum system. Is that long delay part of the reason as, as well during uh, during the, the Trump presidency starting in about 27 and 2018? He had the zero tolerance policy. And during that time, uh, the separation of some 5,000 families had happened at the border. And, and by 2022, there were still hundreds of children in this country who had been put, put with American families who had still not been reunited with their parents. Is it the delay in getting that asylum hearing part of the reason that that kind of policy was instituted? That was uh, that was part of it. But people forget that uh, in May of 2019, uh, President Trump confronted the largest number of people at that point, 144,000 migrants that were uh, coming into the uh, coming into the country uh, uh, because the asylum system was broken. And and what uh, what then happened was the uh, effort to uh, introduce a zero tolerance policy that frankly had been tried before and not succeeded, mm -hmm. uh, which was to prosecute everybody who came into the country in uh, irregular or illegal fashion, including the separation of children from their families. And that was the uh, straw, frankly, that broke the camel's back. And uh, there was such universal outrage across the uh, political aisle at uh, taking children away from their parents and doing it in a way that was completely disorganized without any systems in place, leading to the results you describe. But even years later, there's some children that haven't been uh, reunited uh, with their families, that uh, that was not seen to be the case. And then uh, President Trump put into effect policies that, uh, that uh, particularly the migration protection protocols requiring people to wait in Mexico rather than be admitted into the United States to wait for their immigration court hearings. And that had uh, considerable success in stemming the flow. And then, of course, we ran into the pandemic and, and uh, uh, orders were issued under Title 42 by the uh, uh, health authorities that just blocked immigration 
altogether on um, on public health grounds. In 2023, the ACLU, which had sued, uh, got a settlement uh, about that separation policy, and it said that no similar policy could happen for another eight years. But Donald Trump has already said if he were president, he would reinstitute that separation policy. Could he do that despite the court order? Uh, well, he, he, he could say that he's going to do it. He would be in contempt of court if he, if he did, and the law is now quite clear. Uh, that uh, uh, immigration authorities and border protection authorities are, are not uh, uh, permitted uh, under the uh, judicial decisions that have been uh, issued to uh, separate children from their families. So, you know, I, I, I don't think that's the, uh, uh, the issue. But how do you actually deal with the broken asylum system? What's yeah. interesting is neither Trump nor Biden uh, have uh, addressed the broken asylum system, which is to fix a, fix a system that takes years to resolve claims that uh, ought to be uh, resolved in a matter of months. Yeah. Again, if you're just joining us, I'm talking to Alan Burson. He's the former commissioner of U.S. Customs and Border Protection under President Barack Obama. He was also the assistant secretary for policy and chief diplomatic officer for the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. And he has he's co-author of a new paper, Migration at the U.S.-Mexico Border, a challenge decades in the making. And this is from the Migration Policy Institute. Alan, we started this conversation by hearing from voters, and a lot of them think former President Trump did a better job on immigration and border security. He says unauthorized immigration was at historic lows during his time. First, is that true? And who do you think is doing, between those two, Biden and Trump, who's doing a better job? So it, it, uh, it depends. When President Obama left office in 2017, uh, Irregular migration was at the lowest level uh, in four decades. Uh, it was a, uh, a result of what I had described earlier as a bipartisan approach to uh, protecting the border. Uh, when President Trump came in, uh, his, his uh, initial rhetoric on the border uh, had led to a decrease even from those very low levels. But it soon became uh, clear that notwithstanding the Trump rhetoric, that the broken asylum system still offered an opportunity for people to come in. And that's what led to the large number of, uh, of ir 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 irregular mi uh, migrant uh, arrivals, uh, leading to the 144,000 in May of 2019. At that point, uh, introducing the migration protection protocols, President Trump did bring those numbers down to uh, very low levels by the end of uh, 2019, and they remain there as the uh, as as then we went into the pandemic and uh, Title 42 was used to stop uh, mm. virtually crossing across the border. So, in in terms of uh, understood in terms of number of people uh, coming into the into the country in irregular fashion, if that's your sole uh, a definition, then uh, yes, uh, you would say that President Trump uh, uh, accomplished that uh, more than uh, President Biden, which we've seen over the last uh, year, uh, more than two, two and a half million uh, arrivals. Other people, though, looking at it from another perspective, say uh, that we sacrifice values when we uh, get into the uh, 
the kinds of uh, policies uh, such as the separation separation of children or not honoring asylum systems mm-hmm. and that's really the essence of the uh, of the political debate it's a at the end of the day it's a uh, debate joe about values uh, although i think that uh, we 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 really need a bipartisan approach as we've typically had in this country to solve um, border-related problems. When you were head of border protection under President Obama, do the issues of uh, illegal entrance into this country come to you? I mean, do do politicians or do uh, administrators come to you and say, you know, we have to stop this because the problems that it's causing in the United States? And if they do that, what 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 do they talk about? What do they say are the issues? So in in, uh, in those years, it was a uh, really a function of how do we build a consensus for a compromise that would permit comprehensive immigration reform. Uh, the idea that we needed to update our immigration legal structure, uh, and part of that was actually uh, uh, preventing the kinds of uh, illegal entries uh, that were uh, that had been taking place, frankly, for decades. But the idea was strengthen border security reform the entire immigration system. That was the uh, the goal. What's happening now, though, is that uh, people are being, because the asylum system remains broken and hasn't been addressed uh, effectively, uh, uh, tens of thousands of people have entered the country and are now actually uh, in the cities. Uh, and the costs of caring for people uh, have, uh, have changed dramatically and they're being shifted uh, to uh, large urban centers uh, around the country, which is creating a a, a, a lot of tension between the federal government uh, and the and the uh, local governments that uh, now have to shoulder this burden. Again, it's a function of we're no longer dealing with a law, a, a purely Mexican uh, migrant population, mm-hmm. which expedited return to Mexico is possible. We're dealing with people from uh, all over the Americas. Uh, and to some extent uh, from uh, uh, all from places outside the Western Hemisphere. And there is no uh, capacity to care for these people. And if they're permitted to come into the country, uh, these burdens are, are, uh, are being uh, felt by local governments and local communities. Your paper also claims Congress has, has basically abdicated its responsibility to address immigration and border policies leaving it uh, to the various presidential administrations. Is that what you're seeing in the most recent yeah. attempt by Congress? Well, this last, uh, uh, most recent attempt, which has now been torpedoed uh, yeah. by, by former President Trump and his political allies, was actually a very encouraging development. Uh, the first time in uh, more than 10 years that Republicans and Democrats had come together and they had developed a compromise approach that that uh, I think had a significant chance of succeeding in reducing the number of flows and doing it in ways that uh, respected the core values of of both uh, negotiating parties on the Republican and on the Democratic side. Uh, This idea of actually limiting the number of people that uh, would be permitted into the country when you hit a certain level, increasing the number of uh, immigration officials who could process uh, asylum claims so that they would be dealt with within a matter of months rather than um, over a number of years, Uh, providing uh, uh, additional resources for uh, humanitarian purposes. 
all of these things were the way in which we used to do business in this country and, and uh, resolving uh, different different views. It was very encouraging, and now it's been uh, uh, essentially torpedoed uh, by President Trump and by uh, Republican allies that uh, look to uh, use this as a, a political issue in the 2024 election. Uh, it seems to me that uh, President Biden would have considered uh, uh, implementing after commenting on what's happened between Speaker Johnson and, and uh, former President Trump and this compromise bill that uh, Republican and Democratic lawmakers agreed upon, that he ought to actually go ahead and consider implementing the measures that were there on the theory that this was a bipartisan uh, solution. And many of the items on that agenda can be implemented by executive action and uh, I believe that President Biden um, and the administration want to consider doing that. That's so interesting. Uh, you know, uh, Biden officials have deported or returned roughly 1.5 million people a year to Mexico and other countries in, in the Americas. Uh, those exceeded Trump's totals, which averaged about a half million annually. Uh, of course, that's partly because there have been more crossings. At the same time, his administration has released more than 2.3 million border crossers into the United States since 2021. What happens after those people are allowed in? I mean, are they tracked? Does the government follow how they're doing? Anything like that? Yeah, there is a, uh, uh, in many cases, a notice to appear. And in, in uh, other cases, an uh, obligation to uh, come uh, uh, show up for uh, uh, check-in, so to speak, with uh, Immigration Customs Enforcement. Uh, but, but this system has never been geared to being able to handle uh, two and a half million people uh, uh, over a uh, 12 to 14 month period. It's just not uh, uh, operationally manageable under current circumstances. So the truth of the matter is people, uh, uh, after a, a certain period of time are permitted to work, they check in to get the, uh, the ability to work. Uh, but in fact, uh, there is, uh, uh, not the kind of regular contact that you would want uh, with the migrant population. Now, recognizing, again, that uh, most of the large, large majority of, of, of these people are, uh, are uh, good and decent people seeking a better life for themselves and their children, uh, rather than, uh, than the criminals that are often depicted. Uh, uh, this is not the case, but they are the, the, the need for a orderly and a process in accordance with the rule of law really requires that uh, this be uh, uh, addressed. But again, uh, the, the large problem here is that uh, Congress has not been able to come together uh, with a compromise solution to fix the asylum system, to address the other issues required in comprehensive immigration reform. And, and uh, as we've seen, when they, when, they, uh, when they were able to do that recently, uh, it was promptly uh, torpedoed uh, by groups that uh, put the party in their political future uh, and fortunes uh, way ahead of the country. And I say that as a, uh, an observer of the border. I'm, I'm, uh, uh, I've always been the uh, Democrat that Republicans uh, hate to love and, and that uh, Democrats love to hate because I'm... <laughs> I think we have to. What, what, what's happened here that's so tragic is that the center 
of, of our political system, the center of our political uh, leanings that uh, typically has informed solutions at the border yeah. uh, has disappeared. Yeah. And we don't have the, the center uh, that's looking at this from uh, enforcement perspectives as well as uh, humanitarian perspectives. It's one or the other, and neither of those work alone. We have about two minutes left, Alan. Uh, at the end of the day, let's say you have a magic wand, you could do whatever you wanted to resolve the issues at the border. What would you do? I would, I would uh, imagine a, uh, and, and hope for a Congress that uh, brought people of goodwill together of the kind that negotiated this recent compromise, that they would address the comprehensive needs of uh, updating the immigration system that would provide for uh, regulated orderly uh, processes that wouldn't permit uh, uh, people to jump the line into the country. It would have uh, uh, a very sophisticated system of uh, entry into the country, support for work, that would address the categories of skilled labor that are needed, uh, and that would uh, deal with all of the uh, issues that have been unaddressed now for almost 30 years. So we have a system that's unable to deal with the events and the and the uh, uh, problems that are uh, that we're facing. That's a dangerous situation. And that's Alan Burson. He is the former U.S. Customs and uh, head of U.S. Customs and Border Protection under President Barack Obama. Alan, thank you so much.